everybody uh, welcome to the local youth worker uh, we have a, a special episode today uh, this was something we hadn't planned on uh, but obviously with all that's going on in our broader culture uh, we thought this might be uh, something that that's helpful and hopefully serves those who listen um, i'm sure i speak for most people uh, when i say that we're all probably a little tired of hearing about uh, talking about seeing posts about the coronavirus I'm not being trying to be insensitive there but we're uh, being inundated uh, with information about this virus uh, and obviously uh, we, we need to be inundated in many ways and so uh, you know it's important for us as believers to uh, discuss the implications of this virus to think about ways in which we can love our neighbors and serve those God has called us to serve in the church. Um, so many of us in the church are asking a variety of questions of, you know, what does it mean to be faithful during this season of ministry? Um, as I had somebody email me asking the question, how can I engage in incarnational ministry when I cannot incarnate, when I cannot be present you know, in students' lives? Um, so really that, that's going to be some of the, the focus of this podcast. Um, as I said, I was receiving a lot of texts and emails from various youth workers trying to brainstorm and think about just a variety of, of questions. And so I reached out to uh, four people who you'll hear from in just a second um, and asked if they'd be willing to jump on a podcast. And uh, surprisingly, as I was remarking before we started uh, getting on the call that uh, you know, I was in some ways shocked we all were able to get our schedules together. Um, but at the same time, we kind of don't have a lot to do <laughs> because of uh, what's going on in our broader culture. Um, but I thought it'd be helpful just to have a conversation uh, with other youth workers spread across the United States, tried to hit on, we've got three different time zones represented. Um, so why don't we do that? Just start off with some introductions. Um, we're trying to figure out how to not interrupt each other on this. Uh, but how about, let me... Um, start all the way to the West uh, with Scott. Why don't you start? And then we'll just kind of work our way over to Matt, Katie, and then Linda. So how about just name, where you live, what church you're at? Yeah. Hey, thanks, John. Um, uh, thanks for inviting, inviting all of us on the show. Man, Absolutely. Uh, so my name is Scott Heron. Uh, I'm pastor of youth and families at Trinity church in Bozeman, Montana. I've been here about seven years now. Yeah, hi, John. Thank you so much uh, for having me as well. And uh, my name is Matt Beham. I'm the assistant pastor of Youth and Children uh, at Redeemer in San Antonio. Uh, hi, uh, everybody. Thanks, John, for putting us all together. Um, I'm Katie Van Epperen. I am in the director of youth ministry at Highview EPC uh, in Dowsman, Wisconsin. And I've been there about three and a half years now. Hey, um, I'm Linda Oliver. I am an assistant director of student ministries at First Presbyterian Church in Rome, Georgia. All right. Hey, that was good. Uh, we didn't all interrupt each other, so that worked out. All right. Um, no, thanks. Thanks to you guys for again taking the time to come on and for I mean just us being able to to organize all this with uh, three different time zones going on and it working out fairly easily. So I know some of you, as I said before, just came from meetings. Some of you have meetings afterwards. Uh, so thanks for, for squeezing this in. Um, as I said, you know, the theme of this is just going to be kind of discussing 
how each of you or your churches are processing ministry in this time of social distance. You know, as I said from the outset, how can we love our neighbors and still seek to minister to the, the students and families that God has called us to? And so we'll, we'll be zeroing in on youth ministry in, in many ways, but there's going to be broader application and we'll, we'll get into other areas of the church. And so I thought it might be helpful just to, to talk, maybe speaking about our specific context kind of how we're, we're dealing with this, you know, that, that goes for the broader community as well as just our church. And Scott, I kind of thought maybe just get you to, to start us off in some ways. I think your context might be unique. I know we've had conversations before, like I'm from the Bible Belt and um, everyone goes to church down here. Everyone, you know, professes they're, they're Christians. But I know, I mean, just talking to you, you said kind of out there, I mean, if someone shows up at church, I mean, they're making a a commitment that's not just kind of expected an expectation. So I thought maybe just kind of chime in on your context and then others, if, if y'all have ways in which it's overlap similar, please uh, speak up on that. So Scott, you want to start us off? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, John. Um, well, uh, so I, I didn't uh, know, I don't know what everybody else is going to say, but uh, we've been waiting for months without worship. So now we can go recreate as much as we want. <laughs> we go out and, go fishing and hiking and all those things. No, it's, uh, you're right about this context. It's, it is unique in that way. Church, going to church is not a cultural thing, um, which is kind of refreshing in a way, but it does provide challenges. Um, I'll just start by, by kind of describing our situation here. Um, we, we just broke for spring break. So there's, there was this uh, storm of three events that kind of took place at once, which was one, the coronavirus finally showed up in Montana. It's been uh, a long time coming. Um, we're way behind everybody, it seems like. Number two, we had a major snowstorm come through, about <laughs> six, eight inches of snow. Wow. And then the third one is spring break. So uh, we did actually hold services on Sunday, but it was it was pretty sparse. It's the lowest number we've had in uh, in about five six years. Um, so I haven't had to personally address the youth issues yet. Uh, that's coming. We have a staff meeting today. We're going to talk about this coming Sunday. What we're going to do. We're going to talk about the future of of youth ministry and and uh, what we feel like we can do. They finally the governor closed schools until the 27th of March, you know, who knows beyond that, it's probably going to be longer. So, uh, right now I'm in the beginning stages of just brainstorming. Um, what are we going to do? How are we going to reach out? Kids are going to be at home. Um, and so we're kind of in the, in the beginning of that. So I'm, I'm anxious to, and excited to hear what other people are going to say. And, uh, I've, we've got a few thoughts that we've been working on. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you said brainstorming. Cause to me, I mean, that's, that's really kind of the purpose of, of this podcast, just kind of hearing from each other. I mean, just the, you think of the Proverbs of just there's wisdom and multiple counselors. And so kind of getting together and having these discussions, as I know that many are taking place kind of down here in Mississippi among uh, several youth workers in this area and those spread abroad. So uh, what about others kind of chiming in on the context, how you guys are dealing with this? Yeah, our, our spring breaks are actually spread out. One of our schools just had their spring break, other ones are coming, but we're in this unique place where like, I think looking at the map of houses hitting the country, it's like Seattle and New York are way ahead of everyone else, but then there's a second wave and we're kind of in that second wave because we're close to Atlanta. 
And so I think that it hit here a little bit closer than, or a little bit sooner than other places. And things really started shutting down last Thursday. Um, we also, our context, we just, especially in the spring semester, we deal with a lot of kids who are overscheduled and way more committed to extracurriculars than to the church. Um, and so it's this weird mix of like, oh, all of a sudden they're free, but wait, we can't be with them. Um, and I'm hoping it's going to be an opportunity to help students see the value of the church in a time when they lack community of any sort. Yeah, that's interesting. I know, you know, Katie was up in Pennsylvania not too long ago at our YLT conference and and I was up there as well. And I was thinking, okay, yeah, I flew through Atlanta twice. <laughs> and I mean, this was right as we were kind of starting to hear conversations about it. And I was just thinking, I mean, as I went to Atlanta, I was going through some kind of, um, yeah, security and the guy in front of me was from Australia and I was thinking, okay, you know, there's so much going on in Atlanta. Um, so as of now, I've not gotten sick or anything like that. Um, but yeah, just thinking about all the, the travel and hadn't really thought about Atlanta. What is it? 45 minutes from you, Linda? Is that right? Um, yeah, it kind of depends what part of Atlanta you're going to, but like 45 minutes to an hour and a half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, well, any other thoughts on context there? Anything else to share? I mean, in where I'm down in San Antonio and, um, we have uh, three confirmed cases right now, but our mayor has basically asked us that we shut down everything. And so we're, we're abiding by that. We, we didn't have worship on Sunday. We did it, um, a live stream. And this is kind of the first time that we've ever not had worship as a church, um, and done something like that. And we also have decided to kind of have a moratorium on, on pretty much every ministry, um, that we're doing, uh, except for, you know, Sunday live stream worship. And, uh, yeah, that's been, that's been difficult. I mm -hmm. think that's difficult, especially cause you know, as Linda was saying, all these kids are out of school. Um, but I, I, I can't meet with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so Scott, you said y'all had church Sunday, but everybody else y'all did not have church services where they canceled. We did have church on Sunday. Yeah. Um, we were kind of in this weird place because our pastor actually has been on vacation um, and he's returning, hopefully, God willing, today, he and his family will be back. Um, so our session hasn't even met yet to kind of figure out what the next steps are going to look like. Um, they're meeting Thursday night. Um, to kind of figure things out. Um, we, I've been like frantically trying to figure out what we need to do to get set up to live stream because we are currently aren't, um, at least not of any like quality. Like, yeah, I could stand there with my smartphone and YouTube live it or something, but it would be terrible. Um, but yeah, it's just been kind of this weird because our pastor has been gone and it's just he and I on staff. Um, you know, we've been kind of in this waiting game of, okay, what are these next steps going to look like? Um, our kids are on spring break next week. So we just said nothing for this week. We were already off next week um, to kind of give us some time to brainstorm some ideas. Um, I think Scott was talking about that um, of like, okay, what is this going to look like moving forward, both for on Sundays, but also for our youth programs. Hmm. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's such a bizarre time. I know that word continues to get thrown around, but as we think of just uh, churches live streaming and all that, I mean, our church, Pear Orchard Pres in Ridgeland, Mississippi, they actually had a baptism on Sunday. 
Um, and it was, it was live streamed and haven't been able to talk to anybody, uh, any of the pastors to see, okay, how many were actually present there? Um, I'm sure some extended family were showing up or planning on it and were they in the sanctuary? But I just thought that was fairly interesting to, to see, you know, a baptism taking place in basically an empty sanctuary. Um, but, you know, it's a bizarre time for the church and that's why so many churches are, you know, having these meetings, trying to strategize, trying to think about what's wise and faithful. And so Linda, you know, how is the leadership of your church and maybe even, you know, youth staff, staff in particular kind of processed this? What are some of the decisions that you guys have made? Yeah, I mean, our session met on Friday and at that point they followed the um, guidelines about 50 or less um, being the number of people who could meet. Now it's been said 10 or less um, and session hasn't spoke, spoken to that, but our senior pastor seems to kind of be directing us in that way. Um, I'm sure session will meet more. Um, but along, along with that, we're also kind of hearing pastors in session say like, this isn't just a problem. This is also an opportunity that let's, let's take advantage of. Um, moving into how our, our youth staff is processing this. Um, as we were trying to think through, should we cancel everything? Are there smaller things we can keep doing? Um, I really was like, let's look at our philosophy of ministry. And then let's say, like, how can we still accomplish each of these in such a different time? Um, you know, we kind of have like, I think it's like five different points in our philosophy of ministry that we want to be scriptural and we want to, um, partner with parents. We want to encourage intergenerational, um, relationships. We want to be about discipleship and we want to be relational. Some of those are easier to accomplish right now than other things. Like how do we push students to intergenerational relationships in the church right now? Um, in a time when we can't really physically connect them with others. Um, but that was some stuff that we kind of brainstormed through, like, how do we do this? And more broadly, like beyond the practical ideas, I know we'll get into later, like I'm trying to think through, man, how's this going to affect our students? Like, what are the things I'm going to need to speak into about like disappointment and trusting God's sovereignty and the importance of community and um, rest and recreation and overuse of technology and social media. Um, they're just all these things that I'm like, this is going to be an opportunity, but we are going to have to be intentional about that because relationships are not going to happen automatically right now. Even amongst our staff team, we're only coming in for like essential meetings. Um, but I think we're just going to be intentional to have like video chats every day so that we can still have that connection. Um, cause yeah, we're just having to be intentional about a lot of stuff that was, was easier before. Mm. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that as far as, and, and Linda, you chime in on this, but then others as well. I want to hear from, um, how you guys are conducting meetings in the church. Are you, is it all Skype, you know, video chat? Is it in person, but are you guys, all, okay, three feet, no shaking hands. Um, what, what, what sort of precautions are you, are you taking? Um, I think the guideline for anyone in the, in the church staff is that if we come in, we should kind of just go straight to our office and clean up after ourselves. They're going to be providing us with like disinfecting supplies. And if we're using anything shared, we just kind of have to clean up after ourselves. Um, the, the staff who helps clean things is just going to have regular cycles of doing that kind of stuff as well. 
Um, and then we're, um, we have set up like a youth staff cause there's four of us on staff right now. Um, we've set up like a youth staff Google hangout so that we can like have video chats in there. Um, and yeah, and that, that's kind of how we've been doing it this morning. We had a, a, a phone conference call amongst the entire church staff. Um, that wow. was kind of funny. <laughs> um, but it was a good way for us to all connect. <laughs> <laughs> that that does. I just got a side note real quick. Are y'all familiar with Trip and Tyler at all? Oh familiar. man. Okay, Trip and Tyler. Um, if Kurt Cooper hears this, he's gonna make fun of me because um, he was talking about how no one's heard of Trip and Tyler. Uh, the the YouTube video stuff Christians say. If you've ever seen that, um, seeing some heads yeah. nod. Yeah. But then there's also a conference call in real life. And to me, if you've ever been on a conference call, it's like, okay, that video is the best because it just gets at so much, uh, so many of the issues that you deal with in conference calls. So I had to do the quick side note. Um, other comments on you guys, how you're trying to, to be cautious with the, okay, you know, the whole three feet apart, washing hands, everything, but still meeting as a staff. How are you guys accomplishing that? So, uh, um, yeah, that's a great question. We, we're, we're meeting today face to face. And in, in, I think uh, Linda mentioned um, the whole went from 50 group of 50 to 10. And so that's what we're going to address today is because uh, then the governor of Montana said 50, but then the president said 10. And so we're trying to figure out which one actually applies to us, uh, given the fact that there aren't any actual cases here in Bozeman. Um, so we're trying to figure that out. And one of the things I'd like to, to hear uh, also from everybody is if, if it's 10, if you're limiting your groups from to 10, are you going to, are you going to do events where you're going to say, okay, we're going to pick eight kids and two leaders <laughs> and we're going to go, uh, I don't know, on a bike ride or a hike or a, I don't know, spring is, is coming for a lot of y'all, but for us is uh, we got lots of snow still. And I'm just curious, like, how are you going to, um, you know, Matt, you said that you, you kind of moratorium on things and, how are you being creative? Cause I, I'd love some more ideas on all that. Cause um, I know a friend of mine in Colorado Springs, uh, Drew Lentz, if you guys know Drew, he, he, uh, he's already in the works of, of doing um, online stuff for kids like Bible studies and, and, uh, and teaching and things like that. So um, I think the burden for me, where I'm feeling the most of a burden or maybe a calling or an opportunity throw all those words together is that I don't want parents to feel, I do, I do agree with Linda that the parents really do need to, like they're going to, a lot of them are getting thrown into um, a really interesting situation here, but, but I don't want them to feel left alone either. And uh, I want to make sure that we uh, do what we can. So I'd love to hear more on that too. Um, but, but you asked about staff, so maybe you want to hear people talk about that too. So yeah, that's, that's good. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. And that's something specifically the parents I want us to to discuss, but maybe just getting y'all to react to that and, and maybe throwing it back at you a little bit, Linda, cause you did kind of say the 10 or less. Um, is that something you guys are, are, are trying to, to do to, to get a small group together and to do various things and just kind of some thoughts on that? Yeah, at this point we're, um, we're not trying that yet. I think we're waiting to get input from like our student ministry council. Um, but I think what we've talked through is like, if we were to do in-person relational things, 
um, that it would preferably be out outdoors, um, which there's a lot of rain in the forecast for the next week mm -hmm. and a half here. So that is not maybe very doable. Um, but we're also just looking at a lot of like, can we do FaceTimes or video conference calls with students? Um, we'll probably be looking at video conferencing for small group Bible studies and things like that. Um, and like, like I, I see no issue with also just like going through my roster and calling my students. Um, but the whole, like, am I, am I going to be able to, um, foster community amongst my kids right now? I think that's going to take some creativity and getting students together on those different kinds of platforms. Yeah, I, I might represent, um, maybe the more, um, safety oriented or conservative end of the spectrum, I guess, just based on what's coming down from leadership and session. And, and so, yeah, I mean, it's been, you know, even if, even if I could kind of technically meet one-on-one, -on -one, uh, I've kind of been asked not to, at least for the time being. Um, so there's kind of a fallow, like we're just letting it lie fallow for a little bit. Um, we're certainly, as Linda's saying, are exploring some opportunities for video and, and things like that. But I, I guess, you know, it, and I, again, I think Linda said something about opportunity. This is certainly leading off the map now. We're kind of in an adaptive <laughs> challenge where we're like, okay, if you were to ask me a couple of weeks before the coronavirus even hit, like, what do I think my, my students need? I probably would say something like, well, I would love for them to really kind of be developing their kind of personal time with the Lord, you know, like their personal devotional time with the Lord. And so one of the things that I'm kind of hoping here in this hard season is to plant, figure out the best way to plant some seeds to actually um, engender a uh, like a faithful devotional life in our students. And I think they've got time to do it. They're off school. Um, and so how can we reap the rewards or benefits of this time now um, in November and December and, and when, you know, God willing, you know, this is passed. Th those are kind of the thoughts that I'm thinking about right now. So I'm not, I'm, and, and I think it's good. I'm not super interested in um, figuring out how to do large group or everything that we were doing in a different, through a different platform. I'm more interested in saying, okay, like this is kind of a Sabbath, you know, like we're just gonna let the field go fallow for a while. Um, and we're going to figure out um, what we would like to see in a time that's just different. Um, so that's kind of how I'm thinking about it right now. No, that's that's excellent. And and just again, some of I mean, there's a lot that you said there, but kind of thinking long term, thinking of the fruit, as you kind of said in November, the fall. Of how can we kind of, you know, by God's grace, redeem the time right now. Uh, to see some, some possible fruit and, and how can we can encourage our students in various things and to, you know, like you said, focus in on uh, devotional life. And it, it is so interesting to think, you know, all of the typical excuses we can hear, they've been remo removed. <laughs> it's like, there's, you know, oh, I just don't have enough time. I'm doing this. No, you're not, not anymore. <laughs> and so to think, you know, not making light of the situation by any means, but it is just a bizarre time where, okay, all of these excuses look in my own life, not just these students that are now kind of off the, off the table now. Um, so it's, it's interesting for us to, uh, to think about that. Um, Matt, do you have any wisdom for us um, on trying to do incarnational ministry when we've been told we've got to, you know, practice social distance. Um, I threw this question out of Matt and <laughs> it's a question I, I'm, I'm trying to think through. I don't have the answers and, and Matt's so much smarter than me. So I, that's why I'm throwing it out. 
at him. But I'd love for us just to kind of think through that because to me, again, that's a question that continues to come up. How, how are we doing this? And some of it you've kind of already answered in, in uh, many ways, but what are some thoughts on that? Yeah. So your question was, how, how do we do incarnational ministry? So do you have thoughts on that? Nope, is the answer. To- <laughs> All right, so- good. Good. Let's close this out. Yeah, I mean, it's by nature an excarnational moment, right? I mean, like, you know, um, but uh, <laughs> um, if, if again, if we can think about, like, if I'm going to pull an answer out of the hat here, let's see if I can pull an answer out of the hat. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, what are, you know, certainly we recognize that there are some kind of, like, excarnational or let's just say like media ways of engaging with students. Right. And we always want those media ways of engaging students to lead to, or to, to form a pathway towards incarnational ministry. Um, and so maybe, so I actually, I know this sounds terrible um, for someone who has t- you know taught classes at RYM about like not being on your phones too much or whatever, but if I'm actually really thinking about like upping my engagement on social media with these students, um, it, it, even just kind of getting like follows on Instagram or whatever. And if I can kind of like do do kind of devotional type um, material or whatever. Um, and then as a, yeah, as a way of kind of, as a way of engaging with them always, always, always with the end goal of creating a, a face-to-face uh, interaction. Cause it's quite simple. Like the, you know, if the pie chart of their time, you know um, in normal time, is like 70% online and 30%, we're always fighting for that 30% in-person time. There is there is just no in-person time now, right? The, the only pie chart here is 100% online or whatever, right? Like 100% not in-person. Um, and um, yeah, and so how do I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a little bit of that space and see if I can kind of put some decent content out and, um, and see if I can engage them in the hopes of kind of connecting with them one-on-one more. Um, and so, you know, feel free to cut this entire segment. No, I think that's, that's good. Again, it's, it's a tough question to, to wrestle with. And it's, um, I think you answered it well. And uh, like you said, there's not a whole lot of options of, of what we can do. And I mean, if anyone is the crotchety old guy about social media on this podcast, it's, it's me. I've, uh, you know, been, I've pushed back on social media in ways and I get bothered by it. And I do think it brings out the worst of people in, in so many different ways. And I've seen the ugliness in my own heart manifesting itself. And so, you know, I try to take times off, um, but I've actually, I have gotten back on recently, like you said, just trying to engage a little bit more because that's where not only to kind of keep up with this a little bit and obviously guarding my own heart from just obsessing over all the next new, you know, turns and okay, what's going on with, um, COVID-19 or, or whatever, but to also try to think, okay, how can we utilize this? Because it is, I mean, we, we know as Christians, technology is a gift from God and we can use this. I mean, just pointing out as I have many times, this podcast is taking place right now across three different time zones because of technology. And we, we pray that it could be useful for God's kingdom and can benefit others. Um, but I, I think you're right. Putting content out on social media, trying to utilize that um, for good uh, is um, you know, something that we need to be doing and, and something I think we'll, we'll be discussing in, in just a bit. Um, any other thoughts on that before just kind of incarnational ministry, how we can um, do that uh, faithfully uh, in this season? Um, and as I'm throwing that out, I, I guess a thought's coming to mind. Um, somebody else can jump in because I don't want to just dominate talking. But, you know, thinking of kind of our own souls, and using this time for soul care 
uh, as we're by God's grace, the ones who are to be pouring into students' lives or parents' lives um, to, as I said earlier, a lot of the excuses are off our plates as well to be able to slow down and to, I mean, to reference Matt, the word used uh, everything kind of lying fallow, having a Sabbath and, um, you know, maybe us seeing ways in which we can, um, pick up books to read that we've kind of been putting off, uh, having more time to pray. Um, I mean, obviously since we are removed, I mean, that's one of the most vital ways we can be uh, pursuing incarnational ministry any day uh, is uh, calling upon the Lord. Um, and so just thinking about, okay, how can we do uh, some of this, just being in our home, working on our own souls. Um, so look, let, let's go ahead and shift it. Um, Katie, maybe getting more into some of the practical uh, of ways in which you're kind of seeking to do ministry. I mean, you've kind of said, um, you know, there's this, uh, you, you've got spring break coming up and I think you said a snowstorm as well. Was that a snowstorm for you or just Scott? No, Scott. Okay. Wisconsin, Montana. Okay. Y- y'all get snow. There's absolutely no snow in Mississippi outside right now. There's one here right now either. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, so yeah, just some practical thoughts on ways in which, you know, we can seek to do ministry. I mean, we've already kind of said some of those, we've hinted at others, but let, let's hear some thoughts from you and then others. Let's just kind of go through sharing some ideas that could be helpful for others. Yeah. I mean, by no means is this like an exhaustive list. Sure. Um, you know, just in the last couple of days, um, like I said, we haven't, you know, our session hasn't even had a chance to meet yet. Um, so I don't even know like what's going to come down as far as like, how long we're not going to be able to meet and am I still going to be allowed to do, you know, some of our, um, we have like a smaller girls group that meets on Monday nights. Am I still going to be able to have that? Um, so some of that is still really unknown. Um, but in the meantime, what I've been trying to do, um, is like put together a list. Um, and obviously I'll be working with the session on this as well, um, of resources that parents can use, um, to really, um, do some of that, um, devotional worship time with their kids. Um, you know, like we've talked about, you know, I think family worship and devotion time is one of those things that gets pushed aside because there's no time. Well, now you have all the time. Um, but I think, you know, I think it was Scott, maybe or Matt who said, you know, we don't want them to feel like they're going in, um, empty handed or not equipped. Um, so I've been just doing, um, a lot of like looking around and seeing, um, like what resources we can put together, um, for our parents, um, to see, um, kind of some tools and resources we can provide for them, um, you know, moving forward, just because we don't really know at this point how long we're going to go without. Um, we have already looked at, um, getting an account with Zoom. Um, I saw the CEO of Zoom, like set up, all like K-12 schools with free accounts. So I'm like kind of tempted to be like, Hey, can we do that for churches too? Um, Cause that would yeah. be great. That's a good uh, idea. I don't know if that's really going to happen, but um, I have a feeling even if, um, you know, if they do tell us we can't meet in person, um, we'll do a lot of like this stuff, the video conferencing um, just because I want to be able to look my kids in the face. Um, they know that's a very big, like I want to be able to see their face when I'm speaking to them. Um, you know, so we can still do, you know, some of our smaller groups. Um, we, a couple of the curriculums we've been using have actually been video teachings, um, which 
almost makes it easier in a situation like this because I can just upload a video um, and they can go on and view it from wherever, um, you know, and then we can do a video conferencing and um, discuss, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, the, the relational piece of it, obviously that's going to be a little bit more of a challenge because you can't sit down with folks. Um, I think I am going to put out like just an, not, I guess, inviting myself is more what I'm doing. Um, you know, that if there are families who like would let me into their house. Um, so that way we're not gathering in large groups, but I can still like meet with families, um, you know, and spend some time in prayer with them, spend some time in worship with them, um, and just hang out and be in community together. Um, you know, I'm sure some families will allow and some probably won't, and that's fine. Um, but just finding different ways that we can still, um, you know, I can still be meeting with them at least on a semi-regular basis. Yeah, that's, that's good. I love that, Katie. I was, like, I was thinking as you were saying that, I was like, invite Katie to dinner and set their laptop at the dinner table with you. <laughs> I love it. That would that's be quite great. a sight to see. Yeah, that's awesome. You could like ask them all questions, you know, and, and then lead them through family worship. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would be really funny. That's, that's awesome. Really that's funny. Awesome. I mean, I'm hoping like if we're, you know, we don't have any families that are huge. So like if there's a five people in a family and then me, that's only six. We're not breaking any rules. So that's right. Maybe they'd let us, I don't know. A lot will just depend on what session ends up saying on, on Thursday. Um, you yeah, know, we'll have to kind of reevaluate things, but mm -hmm. yeah. Well, Linda, I know you, you said you've had some meetings and uh, discussions. Has anything come up from those meetings of ideas that, that are helpful? Yeah. Beyond like the, um, trying to meet with students relationally or for small groups um, over like video platforms. We've talked about um, just kind of maybe um, scheduling times when we're like, hey, we're going to just be hanging out as a staff on this platform. Come hang out with us. Um, or when we were thinking through how to connect them with other generations, um, we already have uh, a pray for me campaign going on at our church. Um, and so for us, that was an easy way for us to say, okay, well, what if we encourage the students in this time to call their prayer champions that have already been assigned to them and encourage maybe the prayer champions also to reach out to the students they are praying for? Because those were already kind of some connections that our students have um, and they can just chat. They can ask how to pray for each other. Um, you know, maybe even some of their prayer champions or people who really can't be out right now because they're older um, and they would be in, in more danger to go out. Um, I've been and thinking. Linda, yeah, let me jump ahead. in. Would you mind just explaining what pray for me is? I know it's, sure. is it Tony Souter? Is that mm -hmm. part of it? Um, but just for those who are listening, you might not know just a brief explanation of that. Yeah. So that um, is just a campaign that seeks to hook up each of your students with three different people from your congregation from three different generations. And their commitment is just to pray for that student for the course of a year. Um, the way the numbers worked out for us this year, each of our students actually got two prayer partners instead of three. Um, and so you may have to adjust it when you do it at your church, but um, it's just been a really cool way to very low commitment, like they're only committing to pray for the student. Um, so that's the basic idea of it. Yeah, that's awesome. Keep going, yeah. but that is something for people to check out more about. 
yeah, for sure. It, there's a lot of upfront work on that, but then the the payoff is so is so great. Um, I've I've been thinking about other things. I just saw some posts on um, on Facebook and stuff from one of the schools here that was going to have like a virtual Spirit Week or whatever. And so it's like wear this on Monday, wear this on Tuesday. And I was like, that's just an interesting way to like encourage solidarity when people have to be apart. Um, and I was thinking through what that might look like for us because I was even kind of it was moving for me to listen to um, our Sunday morning worship this past Sunday. We had a radio broadcast starting next week. We should have video broadcasts, but um, to just think as we were reciting um, the Apostles' Creed in our own homes, like the rest of my congregation is in their homes reciting the same thing. And there's this unity and solidarity in that that was moving. And like, how can I help our students in this time to, to do that, you know, encourage them maybe to keep reaching out to each other um, to, to see how they can pray for each other, maybe encourage them to be reading the same scriptures or just, um, just different things like that, that I'm like, let's, let's find those ways to, to help them feel that, solidarity feel the unity of the body when they're apart that's a that's a really good point um because just the isolation um that each of us feel and of course you know for some of us it's it's different it's varying and this is all kind of new we again we don't know the future but two weeks of this a month of this i mean if that's kind of what we're looking at and if that's what's it's going to happen. I mean, just thinking of what you just said, how significant that's going to be um, in the, you know, days and, and weeks ahead to think of the, the community kind of going through this and ways in which you can foster that. That's, that's really helpful. Um, Matt, did you have any kind of practical uh, and conversations you've had with other youth workers, with people in your uh, own church ideas on, um, you know, practical ways in which we can minister during this time? You've already given some, but others? Yeah, I, mean, I just love the yeah that that idea of solidarity. That that's that's beautiful and helpful. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, so just very practically, what I'm thinking about doing is kind of a devotional schedule. And we tried to do this with the Read Scripture app. Um, and uh, you know, I don't know kind of what my uh, what my success rate on that is. Probably somewhere you know around two percent or something like that. <laughs> um, but uh, but I think this is a great time to kind of like pick that back up and go through a book of the Bible. Um, and then probably as a way of reinforcing that, so like connecting that devotional schedule to, um, and I don't know exactly what, how we're going to do it. We're probably not going to do it every day. I think that would be a lot, but just something brief, um, you know, the, the content that I was talking about, something brief at the end of the week or something like, hey, you know, you just read through John 1 through 10. Like, let's talk about like what just happened here um, or something like that uh, or connecting that to a Zoom call or um, yeah, I mean, I, this is, this is all just kind of very nebulous and, and at the very beginning of it, uh, you know, at the infancy, uh, of it. Um, yeah. I, but that's I, yeah, I think that sounds awesome. I mean, just again, giving them some direction, uh, because so often, I mean, as we encourage them to read their Bibles, um, you know, it's, it's a big book. Okay. Where do we begin? And so actually kind of giving them somewhat of an outline to follow. And it kind of goes back to that solidarity point that Linda brought up. Okay. If they know, wow, this is something the whole group is doing kind of on their own. Um, I think that's, that's excellent. I think too, you know, as you're saying that too, I'm just thinking maybe this is cynicism. I don't know. Y'all can push back on me, but I'm also thinking maybe like, uh, a word in there of, Hey, 
just a reminder not to multitask while you do this. You know, like if you're, if you're sharing, you know, a Bible study, I could see students just kind of clicking play on the Bible study and then Netflix is kind of going over here and it's kind of, you know, the same time there. So, so maybe just kind of a statement to students that could be um, helpful. Hey, remember don't multitask uh, while you're doing this. Um, I've got some things that some people have shared. I was just going to, to read through, but I'd, I'd like to get in some cautions too and kind of uh, get some feedback from you guys, but uh, chime in on anything. Again, I don't want to be the one uh, just talking the whole time, but I've heard, you know, someone share, Hey, just actually sending some snail mail during this time, like some actual postcards. Um, I don't know if like they're going to have to wipe those down with Lysol when they get them, but <laughs> like, um, yeah, you know, snail mail could be an idea uh, calling them the old fashioned way, you know, <laughs> Um, just kind of picking up the phone, calling, asking how, how you can pray, setting up, you know, group text, emails, a blog. Some said, um, I know I was talking with Kurt Cooper yesterday and he shared this, that he's recording his Sunday school lessons and he's putting them on Instagram and he's kind of doing eight minutes because y'all tell me on this, I think for Instagram video, it's got to be less than 10 minutes. Is that correct? Can anyone confirm that? See some heads nodding. Okay. We don't know. <laughs> Somebody can Google it out there and figure that out. Um, but just kind of having lessons up there, um, that can, can be helpful, even if it's short. Um, but, I, but I think, you know, y'all brought up a big point of the parents being the primary disciplers. Okay. How can we help give them some tangible resources? And, um, you know, RYM, I've got to throw RYM out there. If you get RYM.org, there are free Bible studies. Parents, if you're listening to this, you can download those again, 100% free. And I do, to give a shout out to Linda Oliver. Um, she produced the newest Bible study, Church 101. It's kind of a basic understanding of the church ecclesiology. So you can check that out. It's super user-friendly, easy to use. So um, be sure to, to check that out. But those can be some, some helpful resources as well as just kind of going to um, older conferences from RYM and listening to some of the main speakers, uh, whether that's elective speakers or main preachers at night and kind of using some of that to kind of springboard off into discussion. Those can be kind of some helpful ways. I mean, you, you think of just all of the resources out there from um, the Bible project to, you know, the gospel coalition to so many things out there that parents can utilize. And so maybe for us as youth workers, it's just connecting the dots for parents who might not be aware of some of these resources that are out there. Um, and again, I'd love to hear um, more ideas from you guys if you have them. I also, yeah, Scott, what you got? Oh, I, I love all that. I, I'm really interested in what Linda did. I'm going to, do we just look that up? Uh, yeah. yeah. If you, if you go to yeah, ROM.org, look at the resource tab okay. and then you'll see Bible studies. And I think I should know off the top of my head, we've had five 12 week Bible studies that people can pick from. One of, one of the things I was going to throw out there is, um, one of the, I've been teaching an adult discipleship class this spring, but on uh, just your, the rhythms and patterns of your home. And one of the areas we were about to cover, I don't know that we'll be able to do it now, but is uh, how you how you teach your children to find uh, gospel themes in movies and music and stories. And we call it types and shadows. And I do that a lot in the summer. And uh, so that's one idea that I'm, I'm going to have opportunity for our parents to say, hey, if you are going to sit down and watch a movie during this time, or you're going to, or talk to your students about music, like here are some ways to help them find redemptive themes in, uh, in the culture. That's awesome. 
yeah, that's that's really helpful. I mean, you just think of especially this time where there's going to be a lot of streaming going on. Um, oh, yeah. Netflix, Amazon, something like that could be really helpful. And I know at uh, cpyu.org, uh, Walt Mueller has the the 3D guide, I think is what it's called. And uh, it's off the top of my head. I can't remember. It's discover, discover discern, decide. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. That's a little pamphlet, you know, easy to work through. You can watch a movie and then you just look at some of those questions and kind of read through it. Um, that can be uh, really helpful. Um, so something I did want to ask you guys, and we can probably start wrapping this up here. Um, unless there are other thoughts you guys have, I'd love for y'all to share them. Of just some cautions um, in y'all's discussions with other youth staff and pastors and, and elders. Um, you know, some cautions of what you should not do or what you shouldn't utilize during this time. You know, I know I'm in a um, group message and, and guys were just sharing, okay, Snapchat, you know, and thinking of trying to use, utilize all these forms of social media. Um, but then, excuse me, even thinking of like FaceTiming a student, um, you, you think of, okay, issues that can come up to just one-to-one being, uh, you know, having a FaceTime uh, conversation with the student. If, you know, people are saying, well, at least have two on there. Um, you know, what are some cautions? I'm just, you know, my mind's kind of racing on different thoughts. Um, who wants to to go first on that? Who has some some advice to give us, Scott? Yeah, yeah. So we have a, we already have like a media, social media policy. And I I would just say, we're going to stick to that as much as possible. Um, you know, as and it, and it has everything to do with the one-on-one thing. So if you're one-on-one um, on social media, that's not a good place to be. So we want to figure out a way to do it um, where you're including other people in the conversation or at least other people know about what's happening. That's good. And see, even as you say that, I'm thinking, okay, well, what if you set up a group of, you know, five students and for some reason, you know, you and one student end up towards the end or you and one student end up at the beginning and because we're dealing with teenagers, <laughs> they forgot about this or that and they didn't show up. And so I'm just wondering if people are, are saying, well, look, two staff members need to, to launch the kind of online, whatever it is, uh, before students are, are coming to that. That might be just a thought to kind of throw out there. Um, again, other cautions, reaction, but, you know, a policy in place is huge on this. Matt? Well, maybe this is a little bit more, um, this isn't kind of in the weeds, a little bit bigger picture, but I just, even, so students are going to be coming at this just question of like how we're responding to the coronavirus and from very different places, you know, like, so some of we're going to, are going to have very high vigilance about it and others are going to be a little bit more laissez-faire and um, even within families, right? You have kind of divisions between husband and like, you know, my wife and I don't quite see eye to eye exactly on how it's supposed to play out and sure. uh, I'm not going to show my hand to say which one I am, but <laughs> um, you know, like, I, and I, as I've been kind of reflecting on this, like uh, it's just so important for us as leaders to be very sensitive to our students coming from those different spaces and, and places. And, um, and um, as well as kind of to kind of the heed the, the Romans 13 reality that, that we have a responsibility to our government and to um, the suggestions of the CDC and the, uh, the world health organization. And I think that's important. And if we, you know, uh, I suppose I am tipping my hand a little bit here, that, you know, I, I just have a more laissez-faire attitude towards this. And I've kind of recognized that that's a little, that's not as loving as it really could be. Um, mm. And so I have to fight some of my own inner tensions that I have in my heart about 
the best way to lead a group of people and to love a population that um, is, is quite frankly more at risk than I am. Hmm. And, um, and, and so I think just as, you know, as, as leaders in the church, we have a responsibility to the least of these. And so, um, so yeah, my caution would be to, uh, you know, a caution or something to avoid would be to kind of, you know, be a little flippant about the situation that we're in right now. Now that's a, that's a really good word, Matt. And, and like you said, I mean, especially as we're thinking about dealing with students, they are watching us, they are seeing what we model and how we communicate. And so that's, that's a really uh, important word uh, for us to heed and for us to consider. Um, Cause yeah, we do have that responsibility to submit to these governing authorities and those who are a lot sharper than we are in, in a specific area um, and the advice that they're giving. Um, so even if it seems foolish to us to, to submit to that. That's a good word. Um, Linda, Katie, do y'all have any cautions that you would like to, to share, Katie? Yeah, I don't really know, like, I don't really know how you would present this, but I guess one of my, my concerns in all of this is that, you know, people are going to get used to, like, you know, being able to sit on their couch and watch a worship service or do youth group from, you know, their bedroom or whatever. Um, so I guess my caution, and I don't even, like I said, I don't even know like how you would go about doing this, but like also in like reminding people that hopefully this is temporary and that the Christians are not meant to be in isolation and we function better when we are together as the body of Christ. Um, so that this is not like just a hip new thing we're trying, um, or like the way things are going to be permanently, but like, this is what we're doing so that we can stay in gospel community during this kind of weird place that we're in. But this is not going to be the new norm that once you know, the, the restrictions have been lifted. And yes, I'm glad Matthew brought that up. I just had a conversation with somebody last night that's like, well, you know, I'm not really at risk. And, you know, our, you know, older members can, you know, they can stay home if they feel like they need to. I said, yeah, that's true. But we also have a responsibility to the government, whether we agree with them or not. Um, that's also one of our responsibilities. Um, but yeah, just helping people understand like why we're doing what we're doing um which i feel like we should be doing anyways um with all of our things but um you know but also helping people realize that this is not like hopefully not a long term thing that we will relationships and being with people um is still so important and we'll need to get back to that uh, yeah that's an excellent point and that's something again we we need to make sure that's an explicit message that our students hear um, because this can become, like you said, just something that's very normal. Hey, look, I'm still able to enjoy, you know, Jesus from the comfort of my, my living room couch. I don't need to show up on Sundays or Wednesday nights, whatever the case may be. And so to be sure as we're utilizing all of these amazing forms of technology that the Lord's given us that are a grace to say, Hey, but we still need to meet together in person and share that physical space. And of course we are created as relational beings. And so I think, you know, that, you know, itch to be together um, and share the same physical space is going to be present, but. Well, I'm already starting to feel it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> living by myself, like not being allowed to be out and like doing things with people. I'm like starting to go a little crazy already. Yeah. I mean, it's we've cool. all seen the shining, right? I mean, What's that? <laughs> so we've all seen the shining, right? <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, that's something to be said of that, of that theme, but no, I think, I mean, absolutely. That's, it's going against the way we were created and we know, even though we might be doing okay right now, just the thought of kind of like, if this gets long-term, I mean, that could kind of freak us out a little bit. And so now I think you're, you're dead on with that. Um, Linda, any, any advice, thoughts on just cautions as we were discussing that and then we can start closing this out. Yeah. I mean, I would just echo that, that, it's it's my prayer and my hope that students and families will see that like digital connection is not enough. We we long to be face to face. And you, you can make that argument from the scriptures. Paul and John both talk about it in their letters that they wish that they could be physically with the people that they're writing their letters to. And and that's what we long for with the Lord too, is to see him face to face. Um and so I appreciated that our leadership um in like Sunday morning worship this past Sunday, they, they mentioned that they um, openly acknowledge that we long to be together face to face. And this is, this is not the way we want it to be. Um, and so I, I think I, I just want to keep mentioning that to students. Um, and maybe, maybe two other thoughts in terms of like cautions are that first of all, I want to make sure that we don't rely too heavily on, on, platforms or means of communication that will exclude certain students. Um, I work with just with our junior high students. And so if we were to rely on Instagram, for example, that would leave out a number of our students. Um, A number of them don't have smartphones, don't have Instagram. And I just want to make sure that we are thinking of everyone, not just the majority of students. Um, And then maybe second caution is like, let's, let's take care of ourselves in this time. You know, like Matt pointed out earlier, this is potentially a season of kind of rest and Sabbath for us. Like, let's make sure that we're not doing this solo, that we're connecting with others, that we're taking care of ourselves physically and emotionally and socially and spiritually, whatever that looks like for us, because this is likely to be more of a marathon than a sprint. Um, So, yeah, I think we just need to to look out for for those kinds of things and and maybe take advantage of the opportunity to to do some things we don't usually get to do um, and dream some big picture things that we don't usually get to dream about just because there's less things on our plate that are urgent and more space to, to kind of do those other things. Yeah, that's some some really good advice. I mean, first there, as you were talking about kind of cautions to the students of thinking of every student out there. I mean, as we're, we're thinking of just all the different family units in our ministries and the varying viewpoints on social media and smartphones and all of that, to be sensitive to all the uh, the, the viewpoints there. And, and I do wonder, just as you said that, it made me think, like, I wonder if this is going to be the time where a lot of parents kind of bend some of those rules and allow their students to kind of jump on Instagram and get the smartphone or or whatever, um, just because of this. Um, So that'll be interesting to kind of follow back up on and think about. Um, But like you said, to also uh, take care of ourselves during this time. And it can be just a good time to sit and evaluate, you know, the various ministry programs that you're running and just evaluate the ministry as a whole. Um, So Again, that there's so many ways to think about how we can redeem the time um, and use it wisely. So um, those are some good thoughts. Well, look, I was thinking we, we'd wrap this up, but I'd love for any of you to speak up if there's any anything else that you've got that you want to add, any advice. This has been helpful for me just to hear from from each of you and 
um, I'm sure others will be blessed by it. Any, any other words you guys want to throw out there? Scott, yeah, please. Uh, just real quickly, um, I was thinking our first uh, distance uh, non-face-to-face group activity will be whoever collects the most toilet paper in 24 <laughs> hours wins. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> oh, man, they could, they could all post their pictures of it. But, uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, Linda said something that made me think of, of this, which is, um, I think it's just a caution for all of us is that uh, I know I'm always healthiest when I'm continuing in my rhythms and practices that I normally uh, partake in when life is normal. Uh, get up on the same time, you know, go work out or whatever you got to do or spend time with the Lord, all these rhythms and practices. And I'm going to really just be encouraging parents and kids to be continuing do, to do that as much as possible. Because I, I know that some of the most stressful times in my life have actually been on vacation where Hmm. we're out of those practices and rhythms and we forget to spend time with the Lord and take care of ourselves. Like she just said. And, and so I think that would be just the, the last thing that, that I think of. Yeah. Hmm. No, that's, that's so helpful. Uh, it is. I mean, those, I mean, we, you know, our God is a God of order. There's a rhythm when we look at creation and without a doubt that this entire coronavirus is throwing a wrench in those rhythms. Um, I mean, there, there's so much, and I mean, this is something we, we discussed, you know, a little bit on, on parenting today that so much of our idolatry is going to be exposed during this time. You know, our comfort, our ease, our lack of control, that we are in control of nothing. I mean, if, if, if this has shown us one thing, it is that. I mean, think of all of our calendars, all the plans and all that have, that have just been thrown out because of this. Um, and so I just think that it's helpful for us to reflect on, helpful for us to get our students to think about, but also parents of, okay, what's kind of bubbling up to the surface through all of this that's idolatry that, you know, not rubbing our face in it, but obviously repenting of that, but also growing from that. That, that can be a, a good thing um, as a, you know, way again to, to redeem the time and use the time wisely. Um, well, again, Katie, Scott, Linda, Matt, it's been awesome just getting to see you guys, even though, again, we're, we're spread across three time zones and we, we typically overlap at either youth theater training or one of the summer conferences. So it's great to, to see your faces on a screen and get to share a conversation. And um, I know this will be beneficial to all those who, who are listening. So thanks again for, for taking the time to each of you. Thanks, John. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks, John. All right. See y'all later. Yeah. Oh, come and buy without money. Oh, come and feast without pay.